0: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Any forthcoming federal pandemic relief bill must include funds to support teachers so that underserved children don't fall behind, argues Silicon Valley Congressman Ro Khanna in a recent opinion piece. And We're going to talk with him this segment about what strategies he thinks K-12 schools should take this fall. And we'll also get his thoughts as a former head of Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign on the direction the Democratic Party should take as he co-chairs California's delegation, at the Democratic National Convention next month, and welcome, Congressman Connor. Good to have you with us, Rokana. <laughs> okay, uh, I thought we had Rokana with us, but uh, we will try to see what we can do about making that connection. Uh, I should mention that he is um, uh, representative of the 17th congressional district of Silicon Valley, a member of the House Oversight Committee, the House Budget Committee, and the House Armed Services Committee, and uh, there. There is much to talk with him about. Um, let me, do we can have you, you with us? Oh, yeah, now I can hear you. I was afraid we didn't Okay, get I was you. on.
1: I guess it just wasn't coming through.
0: Well, now we have you, and I'm glad we do. I uh, have so much to talk with you about. And let's begin by, first of all, welcome. Good to have you with us.
1: Good to be back on.
0: I guess the place to begin, though, is what I alluded to in the introduction. What about strategies for K-12? We've got the Trump administration clearly wanting them open, and they will be open, for example, as we said in the last segment, in places like Orange County. But there's a great deal of fear, students, teachers, parents, righteous concerns. Uh, What's it going to take?
1: Well, in my district, uh, there is understandable concern. I mean, I don't think we can open the schools unless it is absolutely safe uh, for uh, the students, first and foremost, uh, and for the teachers. Uh, And we, we need to be... Uh, providing funding for schools to be able to provide uh, remote learning uh, options so uh, as of now uh, I don't think we have a plan uh, given the rise in cases uh, to be able to open the schools uh, safely and I think we have to at least for in the first half of the year consider uh, remote learning now if we can if the cases start coming down and if uh, you can uh, have safety with social distancing and masks then we can consider it. But I, I don't think we can put our kids' health or the teachers' health at risk.
0: What do you make out of the fact that uh, the Trump administration is and congressional Republicans uh, really want to tie school aid to reopening in the next funding bill?
1: Well, first of all, it's completely hypocritical. I mean, the Republicans are the ones who constantly preach about education being a local issue education having local control in fact when democrats like me say no we need national funding we need certain national standards the republicans always push back and now in a case where you actually do need local decision making uh, because uh, different areas of the country are differently affected uh, and different communities may have a different tolerance for risk uh, why is it that the republicans are saying no we should have a national uh, solution that uh, may not take into account local needs and the idea of blackmailing schools with federal funding is just uh, uh, unconscionable. And polling, even Rasmussen, which is a conservative pollster, I and mean, a lot of the conservative pollsters show that Americans are overwhelmingly opposed to tying funding to, to schools
0: opening. The polls definitely do bear that out, although recently the American Academy of Pediatrics and the National Academy of Sciences uh gave a strong endorsement of reopening. And essentially the argument we're hearing from the Trump administration is parents need to go to work and kids are better off academically and emotionally and nutritionally. In other words, uh, uh, they're saying that uh, uh, some of this is political, obviously. A great deal of it is political, suggesting that maybe we've recovered from the coronavirus. But some of it also falls in a, well, some science uh, background in terms of how how students fare better.
1: Well, I definitely think it's a Difficult decision. I mean, I have uh, young kids. uh, I I think uh, every family has to make that decision for themselves whether they feel comfortable uh, sending kids to to any uh, to a school, whether they feel comfortable remotely. And there's a benefit to having kids uh, interact with uh, their peers. There's a benefit to being in a school setting where kids can't get distracted. And certainly, there's a benefit to parents uh, who are able to work. More uh, as opposed to having to be uh, full-time caregivers, but uh, I think the safety concerns of kids uh, has to come first, and the safety of teachers. And we've seen, you know, though very very rare, we've seen some horrific instances of disease in young kids uh, with the inflammation syndrome uh, that is of some concern until we know more. And we've seen that they can transmit the disease uh, to teachers and, and other uh, community members. I guess the, the final point I would make is let. Every community make this decision. Let Santa Clara and my community make it. Alameda make it. Uh, why should Donald Trump from Washington D.C. be mandating what a school district in Alameda County should do?
0: Well, you've uh, gone on record. Uh, I mentioned in the introduction you did an op-ed piece where you were talking about the federal pandemic uh, relief bill ought to include funds to support teachers and uh, underserved children, uh, so they don't the underserved children so they don't fall behind. I'm wondering, do you see the stimulus bill uh, getting support here in terms of schools and educations and what you've advocated in terms of ed tech training, all those kinds of things that would really be zeroing in on disadvantaged students and students who are disabled and so forth?
1: I do. I'm encouraged. I mean, I saw uh, yesterday that Speaker Pelosi and McConnell are are now saying that there has to be some deals. I do expect there will be a, a deal and, a, and a, an additional round of coronavirus relief. Uh, it will primarily, I think, has to have aid for states and localities. It has to have an extension of the unemployment insurance, which, as you know, runs out uh, in, in July. But in addition to, to those two things and a stimulus check for Americans who are still hurting, it should have some funding for schools uh, so that they're able to provide Uh, remote learning so they're able to train teachers on how to do that and so that they're able to provide uh, the uh, infrastructure for so many people who don't have uh, access to that. Uh, I doubt it's going to have as robust the funding as is required and as Tammy Baldwin and I called for it, but I'm confident it will have some funding uh, because everyone in Congress recognizes the schools need support.
0: We're talking with uh, Congressman Ro Khanna, U.S. Congressman from California's 17th Congressional District of Silicon Valley. And we do invite you to join us. If you have questions for the congressman, or if you'd simply like to weigh in here, please feel free to join the program. You can do that by calling in right now at our toll-free number. The number to call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email. Any questions you may have to Forum at kqed.org. Uh, Congressman, education funding is uh, sort of competing with many other priorities here. I'd like you to just address that for a moment, if you could, because we've got unemployment insurance and got another round of stimulus checks, we've got health care assistance. Uh, it's all in the works.
1: Yes. I mean, I I think the uh, key, as I pointed out, is the funding for the cities and states, because, as you know, California is facing a $54 billion budget deficit. Uh, Our counties are actually the ones who provide and fund the hospitals, uh, and we're going to face drastic cuts in education, drastic cuts in our public health uh, ability of these hospitals if we don't get that state and federal money. The House passed a trillion dollars. Uh, I doubt we're going to be able to get a trillion dollars in the final deal, but it has to be substantial. And I know the speaker, having spoken to her, that that is her uh, a top priority. And then, you know, you have a lot of people who will run out of the unemployment uh, at the end of, of July. It's uh, We have to extend that, not just because it's hard for people to go to work when we are in a process of reclosing some of the economy, Uh, But also because we need consumer spending to stay strong. One of the reasons that our economy hasn't fallen into a depression is because of the Fed's response and the fact that the government has been providing these generous unemployment insurance uh, checks for people who have not had work. So we have to extend that, and I expect that there will be some extension. Uh, It's probably not going to be $600, but we will uh, fight as hard as we can for as generous benefits.
0: Like to also uh, we'll get a caller in here, but I want to talk with you about politics as well, and particularly what's shaping up in terms of uh, the Biden campaign and the platform. But let's get a caller in from Walnut Creek, and that's you, Katie. Join us. You're on the air.
2: Hi. My question is for those parents who are uh, parents who are essential workers who now either have to deal with distance learning and either work, are working either in the home or outside of the home and are either having to manage work and childcare and teaching their children or are experiencing a, a huge increase in child care costs so they can continue to work and pay their bills if they're fortunate to have enough, enough to have a job how what is there any support for for that situation because that's that's the school's decisions while i support them are are impacting families
0: yeah katie thank you for that question congressman well
1: katie thank you and i uh completely respect and appreciate how hard it is, particularly for people who are doing this essential work, either as nurses or the ones who are uh, driving trucks uh, so we can still get our uh, essential needs to, to people, that uh, they have a, a big challenge. And Elizabeth Ward and I have a bill, uh, the Essential Workers Bill of Rights that says these uh, individuals doing essential work should get hazard pay and they should get child care. They should get some provision for child care. And so you're absolutely right that we have to take uh, take that into account. I hope some of those provisions make it into the final stimulus bill.
0: And I thank you, Katie, for the call. I'm going to go to a question from a listener named Penny, who says she finds it infuriating that there seems to be more support. In Congress, for an airline bailout than there is for a school bailout, reopening comes down to funding, PPE, more custodians and nurses, more teachers, physical upgrades. That's not even counting getting decent high-speed Internet and adequate computers for kids who need them. Why do you accept saying there won't be enough funding for education, but we can't let airlines fail?
1: Well, I completely agree with that sentiment. In fact, she articulates it better than Tammy Baldwin and I did in our op-ed. and That's basically the point we made in our Time Magazine op-ed, that we need funding for schools. We need funding so that they can uh, be training teachers on what remote learning may look like. Uh, we need funding for the infrastructure. We need funding for PPE and uh, the, uh, all of the things that are required to have schools be safe. And so I am in complete agreement uh, that uh, uh, before we can even consider opening schools. We have to give schools the resources so that they can do it.
0: And here's a listener, Sabrina, who tweets, California school districts need to get on the same page and agree on remote learning for fall 2020. Safety first. Latinx families are disproportionately harmed by COVID-19. And by the way, if you want to add your voice here, you can join us toll free with the congressman at 866-733-6786. Or you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED forum or email. Any questions you may have, to forum at kqed.org. I have a question about uh, what the strategy is in terms of uh, the upcoming election in November. You were co-chair of the Sanders campaign, and uh, there's a lot of concern that, uh, on the one hand, Vice President Biden running against Donald Trump won't be left enough, or maybe he will be too left. And uh, some of this boils down to, I suppose, what we can now see is shaping up of a platform. Uh, Many are seeing Vice President Biden moving more toward... uh, compromises that involved not only what Bernie Sanders stood for, but certainly what Elizabeth Warren st- uh, stood for as well. But also, uh, when it comes to single payer or the Green New Deal, he is uh, not on board and he's not on board on uh, defunding the police. So let's get your take on this. Uh, I mean, I'd like to hear what you have to say about the fact that, uh, well, for example, what came to my mind recently is one out of 10 of uh, those who supported Bernie Sanders in the 2016 election voted for Donald Trump. You've got to get them all on board here, I imagine. How are you going to do that?
1: Well, first of all, I think we're in a better position than uh, anyone anticipated. We're, we're probably more unified as a party heading into the fall uh, than we were when uh, Obama and Hillary ran against each other. And though it's early and things can change. I mean, the polling I saw yesterday had Biden up between 10 and 15 points. So I I think we are in a good position, but we should not get overconfident. Uh, And we absolutely need uh, to mobilize uh, the entire uh, Democratic uh, Party. I guess what I would say is, uh, you know, Biden has come a long way on collective bargaining rights, on uh, making sure people are treated as employees, on student debt forgiveness, uh, on – pushing for a uh, carbon-free uh, future by 2035. It originally was 2050. So we are being able to have uh, an impact on the platform. I know I was talking to Barbara Lee a couple of days ago, and he, they, they have adopted her uh, uh, amendments to uh, uh, repeal the authorization of force. So she was president. Uh, we would repeal the 2001 and 2002 AUMFs that have uh, led to these long, long battles in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, you know, on health care, uh, there's just a dis- disagreement. I mean, that was what the campaign was about. I believe we're in a pandemic, a health care crisis. This is the time we need Medicare for all. We need, I mean, we've seen, if, if you want evidence that it does not work to tie health care to jobs, now is the evidence. I mean, how is it that millions of people are losing their jobs and that they're also losing their health care and they're going in times to get treated and then getting $3,000, $4,000 bills? Uh, we ought to be for extending Medicare Uh, To everyone, Uh, that's a battle that uh, progressives in the House will continue to fight.
0: And let me bring another caller on. That's Jordan in Oakland. Jordan, join us. Welcome. You're on the air.
2: Hi, Michael. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I suppose I just wanted to get the congressman's comment on the most recent round of federal loans that went out, particularly the one point eight billion dollars given to the Catholic Church because of their inability to pay for their pedophilic lawsuits. I think that it's insane that there's not a lawmaker in our country right now saying that we need a stimulus package that is wage matching the essential workers who have been working for the past four months. And it's also insane that the small business that I work for is unable to get any sort of federal loan. And yet, you know, we look at the new head of the United States Postal Service who. Got a six hundred million dollar loan on a business that is only worth sixty million dollars, and two weeks later is put in charge of the United States Postal Service. I mean, this is nuts.
0: Comment from the congressman. Respond, please, Can
2: I share your frustration. Now there is a lawmaker,
1: Camilla Jeff, who has the bill that you're talking about, and. Uh, pushed very hard for it to say that we should basically be providing the wage for uh, workers in this country, like Britain and some other countries did. Uh, And that would have been wages for essential workers uh, as well, uh, so that they weren't being forced into, uh, in some cases, into environments that uh, were not safe. Uh, And I support uh, that bill. Uh, You can look it up. It's Pramila J. Paul's uh, uh, bill for employee wages during this time. Uh, I also agree with you that PPP had a lot of problems. Uh, We know now that uh, in the first round, in particular, uh, companies that were connected to the banks got favorable treatment. Uh, I do believe we've made some improvements to the program. Uh, And if in your case, if you're not making progress, please write to uh, our office, and I can put you in touch with Barbara Lee's office, with your congressperson, and see if we can make sure you get a fair, uh, fair hearing. But there's no doubt that initially... The program was uh, favoring people who had connections to banks and was
0: wrong. And let me thank Jordan for the call and go to a tweet here from a listener who wants to know how you feel, Congressman Kana, about access to mail-in and absentee ballots and what election protections can be included in these new stimulus packages.
1: It is uh, the only thing that keeps me up at night, really, about – possibly not winning in, in 2020, and that is uh, if our votes are suppressed, if people are purged from the polls, if they don't get their absentee ballots. Uh, so I'm absolutely uh, in support of uh, absentee ballots, but not just absentee ballots, but having the education funding and outreach funding so that you have the absentee ballots, and when you get those ballots to people and uh, they know to, to, to hand them in. And so that's going to require federal funding. It's also going to require a lot of nonprofits to do education. Our voters, Democratic voters, tend to often uh, come to the polls, uh, especially in uh, lower income and minority areas, uh, and we need to figure out how we uh, have systematic outreach there so that they do vote by, by, by mail. Uh, I doubt it's going to be in candor part of this final deal because McConnell will never uh, go for it, uh, but we're going to continue to push
0: Talking with U.S. Congressman Ro Khanna, who represents the 17th Congressional District in Silicon Valley and is a member of the House Oversight Committee, the House Budget Committee, and the House Armed Services Committee. And uh, here's a listener named Kristen who says, could the Congressman comment on the way that our education system has evolved into being thought of as more of a daycare? I believe this is due to the fact that one income and sometimes even two are not enough to provide for a family anymore. Well,
1: Chris, I I, I don't think that uh, early childhood education is just daycare. In fact, another laureate, James Hinkman has a work that has shown that your uh, early childhood education between the ages of zero to five is arguably the most important investment you can make in a child, uh, teaching them uh, about reading, teaching them about soft skills, teaching them about persistence and resilience. Uh, and so I think our, uh, our best uh, investments in early childhood education ought to uh, uh, have that educational component to it. And it's important not just because of the uh, the child care that it provides, but also the real benefit of, 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 it provides to to kids, and uh, that is an investment, in my view, uh, that our nation needs to make.
0: Another question from a listener named Kim for you, uh, Congressman Khanna. Kim writes: The disabled have been a neglected group during this time. Those of us on SSDI live below the poverty level already and cannot work because of the impact of COVID on our health. We would love an extra $600 per week in help. We have gotten nothing but the $1,200 one-time payment. Why are we ignored?
1: Well, I completely agree with the caller uh, that uh, SSDI uh, and SSI, the social security disability insurance and social security uh, supplemental income uh, for those who uh, uh, or even uh, in, in poor means needs to be expanded, and not just at time of COVID, but more broadly. I mean, SSDI has some awful restrictions that you can't have more than $2,000 in assets, that uh, it hasn't been uh, kept up with what is required to actually have a decent to middle-class uh, uh, life in this country. Uh, it has too, it's too inflexible about not allowing people to work or go back to work. Uh, so I am working with actually Senator Casey on a bill to increase SSI and SSDI uh, and uh, help disabled individuals uh, have a, a dignified wage. Uh, right.
0: Could you also talk a bit about I, – I believe uh, you had an online event yesterday where the subject was uh, – how the pandemic has exacerbated domestic violence. uh, And uh, there were a number of experts on, uh, I think you were discussing uh, what resources are available and what to do. Uh, Can you give us a sense of where we ought to be focusing there or where you're focusing?
1: Yes, I was uh, disappointed and and, uh, though not surprised to learn that incidents in our area of domestic violence have increased with the pandemic. People feel trapped uh, in their... Uh, Homes, they're uh, afraid to reach out to resources. Uh, so I think we all have to just be more vigilant uh, and uh, listening for signs of people who may need help, uh, encouraging them to use different means of getting in touch with help, whether that is texting, whether that is email. Uh, and sometimes they can't, don't feel comfortable uh, on a phone call, uh, and knowing that they can reach out, not just to our office, but we could put them in touch with support groups and people who are professionals uh, who know how to handle this in a way that will put them uh, at risk, uh, and we also need funding for temporary housing for people who really do need uh, to be separated uh, uh, and have housing that uh, has them in, in safety. But I, uh, uh, you know, I really learned a lot from those experts, and our office will be working with those groups if anyone does contact us.
0: Again, we're talking to U.S. Congressman Ro Khanna, and we're going to bring Barry on next. Uh, Barry, join us. You're on the air. Good morning.
1: My-
3: Good morning, Michael. Thank you for taking my call. I would just like to express extreme frustration. I feel, as a lifelong Democrat, so disaffected and disappointed with the performance of Democrats. I feel that the most recent stimulus bills, yet again, disproportionately benefited the wealthiest Americans. And the average working class and middle class person got a paltry amount. And I really feel it's disingenuous for Democrats to come on the radio and patronize people with pass-along answers. I want change, and if they're not listening to it, I feel like they're really going to have a comeuppance in the next election. People are furious and want them to move for Medicare for All, Green New Deal, divesting in police so that we no longer have an over-policed community that's disproportionately affecting and damaging people of colour. Thank you very much for taking my comments.
0: Yeah, and Barry, thank you for your comments. And uh, Congressman Kama, let me ask you to respond, please.
1: Well, Barry, I uh, agree with you that the stimulus is not focused enough on working families. Tim Ryan and I had a bill right in the beginning in March that we should have $2,000 a month to every American making under $250,000. That would have been $4,000 for many households. We've been fighting for it, pushing for it. We haven't been able to get that into the House bill, but that is the type of policy uh, that really would help working families. Uh, If we can find the trillions of dollars to give loans to to banks with the Fed, if we can find the billion, trillion uh, or billion, uh, multi-billions to bail out corporations, we should have been doing that for working families. So I understand your frustration. I'm uh, fighting for that. And, of course, I support Care for All and believe the healthcare crisis calls for that. So – Uh, We will. The progressives in the House will continue to fight, uh, but uh, uh, we can only do that if 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 the leadership allows for those votes.
0: Well, here's something else to fight for. uh, A tweet from Tina who says it appears to her that red states and localities get what they need from the federal government, while blue ones don't. What can Congress do to support equal access to PPE?
1: Well, we, we are doing uh, everything we can, Tina, to, to make sure that the, 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 we get the funding. I mean, the funding is on a formula, and, and California will get the funding that uh, Congress authorizes. The problem is we haven't given the funding yet for state and local governments, and we need uh, massive funding for state and local governments uh, so that we can get uh, they can use that to get uh, PPE. Uh, and we, if there are any instances that you know of uh, California not getting certain equipment. Uh, please let us know. We're in close touch with the governor uh, and we will advocate with the federal agency so that that's not happening.
0: And I'm wondering uh, also, Congressman, what you say to Letty, one of our listeners who tweets, now would be the time for universal base income.
1: Well, Letty, basically, Tim Ryan and my bill is a form of uh, universal income uh, in an emergency basis. I mean, uh, I think it's very hard to do that uh, level at, uh, on an ongoing basis. I mean, I think it would cost $6, 7000000000000 trillion a year uh, and would, would impede hurt our ability to uh, have other robust uh, investments. But in terms of now, where you need an emergency basis uh, uh, while we're going in the COVID crisis, that's exactly what the Emergency People Act does. And uh, I encourage you to look at what Tim Ryan and I are proposing.
0: We've got a little time left. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about what just uh, has come over as a news story, uh, probably predictable, unfortunately. The, the big controversy about reopening the Tesla plant with Elon Musk and all has proved to, well, as I said, many would have predicted, uh, led to a great deal of spiking in the number of coronavirus cases. Can I get you to comment?
1: Well, that's in my district, and I think that there shouldn't be separate rules for Elon Musk. I don't understand uh, how he's a uh, a citizen like anyone else in this country, a resident, and he, has, he, he ought not to have special laws. And uh, if he really wants to move over to that, uh, he can go move. But uh, where is he going to move? To Texas? They're having spikes as well. So, uh, you know, you, just because someone is famous or just because someone has uh, a lot of resources doesn't mean that you bend the rules uh, for them. And it's sad that uh, you know, we're seeing the consequence of uh, some of that rule bending.
0: So you're saying the rules were bent? And shouldn't have been.
1: Uh, I, think it, I think that there was an accommodation that the governor reached with him that uh, that gave him a, a special ability to do things that, that that others in my district didn't have. And I, I certainly would not have taken that approach. If Elon Musk called me, I'd say you are no more important than any other American citizen. and You you abide by the same rules as anyone.
0: We will leave it there. Ro Khanna, good to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Ro Khanna, U.S. Congressman for California's 17th Congressional District, uh, representing Silicon Valley. Thank you for being a part of this morning's opening hour forum. Another hour ahead with Mina Kim at the helm. And uh, for all of us here at KQED, I'm Michael Krasny.